What a lovely, warm welcome. Thank you so much for clapping. But I want us to do something. Can we um, tune it a notch higher and give our hands to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords, give our hands to Jesus. God be praised forever. God be praised forever. Amazing testimonies this morning. Amazing testimonies this morning. And I believe that God has just started with us as a church. I believe that we're going to see more testimonies in church. We're going to see more souls being saved. We're going to see more healings. We're going to see more of God in this church in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, it's, it's, a, it's such a great honor and privilege to be bringing God's word this morning. Like Ross said, my name is Lan Ray. Um, married to an amazing lady, Shiju. Um, and we have a six-year-old son who said, I should say, who says hi to you guys. Um, and we, we've, been, we've been a part of Citygate Church for um, nearly four years. And it's been an amazing, amazing journey. Um, I'll be speaking on the parable of the lost sheep. I almost forgot that for a second, <laughs> on the parable of the lost sheep um, as we continue our parable series. And I'll digress for a quick second. Have you lost anything precious, important, dear to you? A key, a wallet, a cart, maybe? <laughs> um, you know, when my wife um, is searching for a missing item, you really don't want to be around her. She's so tenacious. <laughs> She doesn't stop, like she literally keeps going. And God help you if she can't find what she's searching for. <laughs> lips, lips sealed, I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> but then uh, I begin to wonder how Father feels about the lost. I don't know if you've ever stopped to wonder what does God feel? How does God, you know, what is he thinking about, about the lost? Folks who do not have a relationship with him through his son. Or folks who have been in church and have wandered away for whatever reason. And this morning as we um, look, look at this parable, we'll, we'll sort of spend time unpacking Father's heart and just understanding how he feels about the lost, um, about the lost and possibly what role or what part we can play you know, in um, supporting or partnering with Father. And so I want you to please turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 15, um, from verse 1, as I read. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. He calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. And we're going to just, you know, um, spend a few moments trying to unpack this, looking at the premise. Why, why did Jesus 
um, bring this parable or speak about this parable? What, what was the premise for this parable? Now, if, you, if we go back to verse 1, we see here Jesus hanging out, if you like, um, fraternizing, socializing with sinners, tax collectors. And the Pharisees were really upset. How would you be hanging out with sinners? Now, remember, in, in, in those days, by just mere association with a sinner, you are considered a sinner. I mean, these guys were, well, they were sinners. And Jesus was found, you know, um, hanging out with them. And so the Pharisees were really upset. I'll I, I read a scripture to you from um, Psalm 26, from verse 1 to 5. So from verse 4 to 5, David speaking here. He says, I despise the hangout, the sinner's hangout. You won't find me walking with the wicked. This was David clearly dissociating himself from sinners. And so if Jesus, who is supposed to be the son of God, the Messiah, who knows the law as much as the Pharisees, is found hanging out with, the, with, with sinners, what does that make him? A sinner, I guess. He wasn't just hanging out with sinners. He was also hanging out with tax collectors. Now, these guys were a different set of sinners. <laughs> they were a different bunch entirely. Now, in, in those days, you would find um, private citizens working for the Roman government, you know, um, collecting tax from people. And these guys not only collected, you know, tax from people, they, they exploited people, they overcharged people. And so they were not popular, they were not famous. And the Pharisees didn't like them. And yet, you find Jesus hanging out with tax collectors. And so it wasn't just sinners alone who were notorious people in the society. It was also hanging out with tax collectors who also represented the, the oppressive Roman government. And so the Pharisees were really upset. And to be honest with you, if I was... If, if, if I was Around in those days, I'd probably be upset as well. Why would Jesus, who claims to be the Son of God, who claims to be a prophet, be found with this set of people? Now, again, the Pharisees were, they were not necessarily bad people, to be honest. They were, they were in quotes, custodians of the, of the Mosaic law. And so they kept the law to the latter. Do not do this, do not do that. They kept all of that. But these guys missed the memo that there was a new sheriff in town. They missed the memo that the old order was being changed. They missed God's heart. And, and um, Ephesians 1 Verse 7 puts it this way. It says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. And so they missed the fact that God had come to change the way he was in the past, where a select few, the Jews, were the only ones who had access to the Father. But Jesus had now come to change all of that and bring everyone, everyone, into relationship with God. And we saw Katie last week. You know, Katie, Katie brought that um, story about the, the banquet and, you know, the, the owner inviting people. And this is what Jesus came to do. He came to change all of that where you have just the Jews having access to God. If you like, he came to, he came to bridge that gap between God the Father and all of mankind. But yet, 
the Pharisees were upset because they didn't know this fact. Let's go on. Come with me as we, as we um, unpack a, a number of things here. Um, and the first thing here is um, we find the good shepherd or the shepherd chasing after the lost. So Jesus started with this parable in, in verse 4. And he says to them, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and, lo- and, and loses one of them, doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost until he finds it? Now, in those days, you would find people um, into farming, animal, animal husbandry, um, fishing, and all of that. And Jesus brought a very practical, everyday scenario, experience to, to, if you like, bring God's heart or share God's heart with the people. And so he started with this parable about, about um, the shepherd who had a hundred sheep and one of them going um, missing. Now, if, if you look at a sheep it, in its typical nature, it's not the smartest of animals. <laughs> um, pardon me, sheep lovers. All, all, I'm, all I'm thinking about is lamb sticks, lamb chops. Um, but yeah, the, the sheep is not the smartest of animals. And so imagine, you know, come with me on this journey. Imagine a, a shepherd with, you know, 100 um, sheep. And one of them finds a patch of grass somewhere. And because of his nature, he wanders away. He goes after this patch of grass and, you know, he munches on it. And then he moves on to the next. And suddenly he realizes... Oh, where is everyone? I'm lost. Unfortunately, again, the ship is not smart. And so he doesn't have a sense of direction. He turns around and he can't find the others. Instead of finding his, or making his way back to the flock, he wanders off, completely off tangent. And the more he tries to find his way, the more he wanders off. So he starts bleating, he starts crying, if you like. And then at some point, the, 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 the shepherd realizes, oh, hang on a sec. 30 minutes ago, there were 100 here. I can't find one of them. And he knows this guy so well. So he knows it's, it's the one with the speck, with, with the, you know, dot, dot on his nose. He knows it's the one with um, um, that dot on his leg. And he says, oh, and let's call that Zizi. Apologies if you are Zizi. Your name is Zizi. And he says, um, where is Zizi? Hang on a sec. He counts again. Where is Zizi? And so he turns to, um, he turns to his assistant. Because I would imagine there must have been an assistant. He couldn't have left the hundred without care. He couldn't have left the hundred without someone watching over them. And so he, he turns to his assistant and says to him, um, let's call his assistant um, Mr. Y. He says to him, Why? I need to go after Zizi. Zizi is missing. And I need to get, get Miss, um, Zizi back. And so he leaves the, 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 the 99 behind, like the story says. And he starts, he goes off after Zizi. He's anxious, he's worried. Because Zizi alone out there, He's prone to anything. The bad guys are there, the, the lion, the, the, the bear, the wolf. Everything is out there. Everything bad is out there. And so I would imagine he speaks sheep language and he says, 
Um, let's see. Anyway, Zizi, Zizi, where are you? And possibly Zizi heard, let's call the, the good shepherd or the shepherd, um, Bob the Builder. Possibly Zizi heard Bob, but then because of his nature, he can't make his way back. And so he, he keeps wandering off, not because he wants to wander off, because at this point he's scared, he's worried, but because he can't make his way back. The shepherd does not stop because that's his nature. In the book of 1 Samuel um, 17 and verse 34, David said this to Saul when he was going to fight um, Goliath. He said to Saul, he said, your servant has been tending his father's sheep and whenever a lion or a bear came around and carried off a lamb from the flock, I went after it. Isn't this the same thing the shepherd is doing? Going after the flock, going after the sheep. I went after it, struck it down, and delivered the lamb from its mouth. If it, if it read up against me, I will grab it by its fore, strike it down, and kill it. This is the heart of the shepherd. It doesn't stop. This is his heart. It keeps going. And like my wife, he's very tenacious. <laughs> so Jesus describes himself this way in, um, in John 10. 14, 15, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the flock or for his flock. So this guy keeps going. Goes everywhere, searches everywhere. And this song comes to mind. He says, there is no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me. I'm not going to sing. <laughs> and, so, and so this guy has that song and he keeps going. After this lost sheep. Because this is his heart. This is how he feels. It won't stop until he finds the lost sheep. Isn't that God's heart for his people? I know a thing or two about being lost. I remember when I was 10. My neighbors, God bless them wherever they are took us as young children to church. My, my dad was a pagan. My mom was a Muslim. And so my neighbors took us to church. And I didn't understand what was going on, but I went to church with them. Looking back now, I realized God must have been speaking to me, but it didn't make sense to me because I was just 10. And I would go into the adult church like this, so I didn't understand anything. And then when I was 12, I joined the church and I joined the choir. Don't mind my voice. I joined the choir. And God was calling out for a relationship with me even at that age. But I wasn't, it didn't make sense. And I remember when I turned 16, I met a man who said to me, I would never forget. He said, God loves you and he wants to use you. And I'm like, God wants to use me. And at that point, I'd you know, gone away from the church because I didn't have neighbors who would take me to church and I just um, couldn't be bothered. And he said, God wants to use you. And this was me, 16-year-old. God wants to use me. Why does he want to use me? There are other people out there. I don't want to be used. And so I turned my back. Fast forward a number of years after, I, I turned 23. Um, this same guy called me out of the blues I was 23 years old. I was completely lost, completely, completely lost, if there is a word like that. 
and you can picture that in your mind, gone into all sorts of vices. And this guy called me. And he said to me, I had a dream about you. And God said, A, B, C, D about you. And that broke me. Like that shepherd or the good shepherd, God kept coming after me, coming after me, coming after me, not stopping, not for one moment. Um, it broke me. I cried. And I said I was going to you know, give my life to Christ. But there was nothing around me to help me make that decision. And so two weeks after, I forgot. Fast forward to six, seven months later, I was 24. It was my birthday. My 24th birthday was in January. And this guy calls me again. Same guy. No way, I'm not having this conversation. So I threw my phone under my car seat. I was going to the club. I wasn't going to have that conversation with him. Don't tell me about Jesus. Guys, long story short, less than three months after, I'd given my life to Christ with evidence of speaking in tongues, on fire and in love for Jesus. What happened? That good shepherd did not stop. He kept on coming after me. He kept on coming after me. Despite everything that I did, he didn't stop. It kept on coming after me. And I'm sure there are people in this room who understand this story where it kept coming after you until you got to a point where you surrendered to him. And perhaps you are in this room this morning and this good shepherd is speaking to you. Father is speaking to you. He's saying, come. Come. There is grace available. There is mercy available. I want a relationship with you. Perhaps you are watching me online and this is the same thing God is saying to you. I want a relationship with you. Perhaps. It won't stop coming. And I have a word for someone this morning. It's a male child and I feel the Lord say, your son is coming home. Your son is coming home. Keep praying, keep trusting. Your son is coming home. I won't stop until he comes home. Praise God forevermore. And we move on to the next point. So the first thing is, you know, the, the good shepherd or the shepherd doesn't stop. He's always chasing after the lost. Um, the second thing is he rejoices over the found. No more the lost because he's now found. And I'll, I'll read very quickly. Now I'm conscious of time. From verse 5 of our text, it says, And when he finds it, now this is the lost sheep, he joyfully puts it on his, on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Now, truth be told, if I had to go after me, I'd be very upset. I'd be very, very upset. I'd be whooping my butt. Why did you go off? Where have you been? I've been searching everywhere for you. But guess what? The shepherd didn't do that. He was so excited. And I can just imagine this guy, you know, kissing the sheep and just smothering him with kisses and saying lovely things to him. I love you. I'm so glad you are found. I've been so, I've been so anxious. But I'm so glad I found you. I love you. I love you so much. Do not go off. Isn't that what God says to us when we come back home to him? The first time in my life that I experienced love, and I mean love, was when I gave my life to Christ. 
I mean, I heard um, Doug's testimony about, you know, good fa- his father, and, you know, that song about good father. And I just stood there, and I was, you know, crying. Now, my father was a very good man. He wasn't a bad man, but he was gone by the time we were 14. And my mom, God bless her heart, hardworking woman, trying to take care of four children all by herself in a very, very interesting place, um, I won't go into all of that. And so I was just there all by myself, left to my own um, vices. And the day I gave my life to Christ, I felt that overwhelming sense of God's love. I didn't understand it. And then the pastor that prayed for me said to me, I love you. Hang on a sec. You love me? He said, yes, I love you. And it felt like at that moment, God was saying to me, I love you. And it's changed everything for me. It's changed my life, literally. And every day, it's been a journey of, I love you, son. I love you, son. I love you, son. And so in this story, we see this shepherd rejoicing. God does not beat us down when we come home to him or when we come, to, when we come back to him. No, he doesn't. That's what the devil does. It's not God's nature. He's excited that we are back home. He's rejoicing. And Jesus puts it this way. He says, there will be joy in heaven over one sinner. Now, it doesn't mean God is not rejoicing over, over us that are in church today. No, he's rejoicing. He's excited we're in church. He's excited we are growing and we are learning and we are, we, we are fellowshipping with him. But then there is a different kind of joy. When one sinner comes back into the fold or comes newly into the fold, there is a different type of joy in heaven. In fact, I'd like to imagine there's a party in heaven where Michael says to Gabriel, yo, Gabriel, um, Henry has just given his life to Christ. Let's have a party. Oh, and then every second there is a party. It's just ongoing. And I want to challenge you this morning. How are you partnering with God to see this happen? To, to, to make sure we have this non-stop rejoicing in heaven. Are you praying for loved ones? Are you praying for friends? Are you praying for family? Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. I'll tell you something quickly. When I was 15, when I gave my life to Christ, my sister said to me that when I was 15, she would gather with a, a number of people and pray for my salvation. Every Friday. They did that for maybe one, two, three years. But they were doing it regularly consistently praying for my salvation. Do not stop praying for the salvation of your loved ones. Do not stop. Not for one day, not for one moment. God is bringing them home. God is bringing them home. Amen. And as I round off this morning, I'm going to talk about something that is, uh, it's more of a caveat, and it's uh, wandering off. Wandering off in the wild. Now, I, I would assume that the the, the shepherd, when the sheep came home, uh, when he found the sheep, I would assume that he was saying to him, please do not go off next time. Please do not go off next time. Because in Matthew seven thirteen, Jesus said, he said, enter through the narrow gate. For, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And men, many enter through it. Sorry, many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And I can imagine 
this good shepherd sent the sheep. You went off on that, that wide road and it leads to destruction. Stay on this narrow path. Stay on this narrow path and life is guaranteed. My dear friends, it's so easy for us as believers to wander off. It's so easy to go into something, get upset at someone, and then you stay angry, and then it spirals, and then it just, it just, there's just a multiplier effect. I mean, the Bible says, it says be angry, but sin not. It could be a lie. It could be something so little, and then you start. And you don't, come, you, you, you don't run quickly to the Father to say, I'm so sorry. Oh, I got upset, or I told a lie, or I did this, or I did that, and I'm sorry. And so this morning, are there secret sins in our hearts? Are there faults that we feel no one knows or no one sees? It says it here. It says it in, 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 in 1 John 1 and verse 9. It says God is just enough that if we can admit that we are sinners, he is just enough and righteous enough to forgive us. And so do not let sin linger. Do not let it stay. No. Do not. God wants to forgive you. God wants to restore you. There are little things. The Bible calls them little foxes that destroy the vine. There are little things that we get into and they harden our hearts. And we think we are still in tune with the spirit. But no, we've wandered off. And slowly, we stop hearing God's voice. Slowly, we stop feeling that communion with Father God. And our hearts get hardened. And so can I encourage you this morning, if that is you here, if you need to do business with God this morning and say, Lord, I admit, I've been doing this, I've been doing that wrong. And perhaps you've been speaking to me and I've forgotten. Or if you are here in this room this morning and you're 12 years old, I can't, I mean, last week we had some, some young Chaps, if you are 12 in this room this morning and you feel that God is speaking to you or God has been speaking to you or perhaps you are like me when I was 16 and you are 16 years old in this room or you are 23 years old in this room and you feel Father has been speaking to you or you are 60 or 50 or 70, whatever age it is, you feel Father has been speaking to you. Can I please ask us to rise on our feet? Can I please ask us, everybody, sorry, everyone, can I please ask us to rise up on our feet? And it, it doesn't matter where you are, but can I ask that if you need to do business with Father this morning and say to him, I belong to you, I long for you, forgive me. I belong to you, Lord, I long for you, oh God, forgive me. If there are secret sins in my heart, if there are faults in my heart that no man knows, only you, God, I ask you, I bring it before you. Bible says he's just enough. He's faithful to forgive you. So wherever you find yourself on this spectrum, 12, 16, 23, 60, whatever, if you need to also say, Lord, I've wandered off, Lord, I'm sorry, then do that this morning as the band lead us. And after the service, we'll have um, some of our amazing prayer team here to pray with you. May God bless us in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ.